All right, welcome back to another episode of the Square State Sandlot podcast. Uh, big day here. We actually have all three of us finally. Um, schedules have lined up for the first time and like Bill said, maybe a couple months. I don't know. The stars uh, have aligned. But either way, uh, I'm here, Kyle Gilmore. We got John and Bill both hanging out, so I'm pretty excited about today. Yeah, it's um, good. All good stuff. To kick us off, since we have John, and I haven't been able to talk to him a little bit, I definitely want to talk about uh, the Aaron Rodgers situation. I know Bill has some opinions. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I'm curious on your thoughts, John. How are you feeling right now? Uh, what it sounds like, it sounds like you guys got a lot more going on on your side of the states because yeah. I don't hear a ton uh, outside of work, like I'm super busy there. So all I'm work, like looking at is social media stuff and like the little ESPN news and whatnot. So I'm not really hearing the constant Aaron Rodgers news. And I'm kind of ignoring it. It's I believe he's going to come back. Well, yeah, I, I believe he's going to come back. So I have no reason to keep updated with it. Why would I keep like searching Aaron Rodgers news because I feel like he's just going to come back anyway. So because you'll drive yourself really, crazy like Bill. Yeah, I don't have that ESPN or, you know, Dan Patrick show constantly yeah. talking about Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to come back? Did you hear that he went on the Pat McAfee show? Did he like talk to Guten curse? You know, like I don't have that. So it's really kind of nice over here a little bit right now. Just because I don't have that constant news. Yeah. I, I it sounds like I need to go to the UK for, and, until he's decided the because only thing I hear about. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, Dan Patrick is like, I don't want to talk about this, but like everyone's talking about it. So let me talk about it. And then like Mike Silver yesterday tweeted that um, Badiari had his wedding and Aaron Rodgers was going to officiate it. And we should have a decision probably by Tuesday based on that timeline. And it's just like every day in the news, someone's saying something about Aaron Rodgers. And he's not doing anything to calm it down either. Like, I'm sure people are reaching out to him saying like, hey, what's going on? And then they report on that. But it's like during the, the combine, there was all this news about guys breaking, you know, the combine records, which turned out the unofficial times were pretty inaccurate. But there were some guys getting really close to combine records. There was a guy that ran a 4-2-1, which would have broken the record by quite a bit. And like I said, I, I, it turned out being official 4-2-8. So close to a record, but not quite. Um, and in the midst of all that, well, then there's a new report coming out on, on Aaron Rodgers. And is he going to stay? He's really torn. And it's like, just stay out of the damn headlines. Let us know when when you made a decision, because that, that's all we really care about. And... You know, there was a new headline yesterday that came out. Well, he's got it narrowed down to these four teams, Steelers, um, Titans, Packers, and Broncos. So now it's have... like, well, is he going to go to those teams? And, I, I, I mean, it's just so annoying. Like, it reminds me so much of well, – And it's come out now that they have packages ready. Yeah. Well, and, and then Gutenkunst says, no, I, we, we haven't had any, any trade – discussions at all we're just waiting for him to say if he wants to be here or not so it, it's always like the you know one person says one thing and then no now Aaron Rodgers is coming back and saying I didn't say any of that so yeah no I'm B 
beyond annoyed and, and fed up with this whole situation. And quite honestly, it seems like Aaron Rodgers is just trying to make Gutenkunst squirm as much as he can before he makes a decision. And I ultimately think it's going to be he's coming back because if you look at the quarterback situations of those four teams we listed, or I guess three teams that are not the Packers, Steelers don't have anything to send back to the Packers, so that's not going to work. Uh, Broncos have nothing to send back to the Packers, so that's not going to work. Titans, you could argue, maybe Ryan Tannehill, but they're the closest for sure. Yeah, I mean, those are the closest between those three teams. And contract wise, that would have some offsets where it would actually work. But if if the Packers are going to send, or I guess if Aaron Rodgers is going to come over, any of those teams have to have 42 million in cap space, essentially, since they don't have anything to send back to the Packers. And I don't see that happening. So it's just, like I said, everything looks to be he's coming back, and I just can't wait till he says I'm coming back so we could stop talking. <laughs> I feel about like it. this will be every offseason, though, for the rest of his career. Well, it probably will, but like free agency's coming up in a week, essentially, yeah. a week and a couple days. So I don't think it's going to drag on too much longer. But the frustrating thing is, he said, you know, I, it's, I'm not going to make this drag out. And that's exactly what he's done. So, <laughs> well, to, to be, un, to be fair on his side, like, I don't know that he's done a whole lot. He might've just not done anything. And the media is just overblowing it. I completely agree. Sources. Everybody but, has a source. Everybody's got, you know, this is the team that is most likely, you know, could, get Aaron Rodgers. That that makes the most sense. But that doesn't mean that they have any chance of getting him. It's just yeah. a possibility that makes the most sense. Aaron I don't, I don't think he's spreading. Said, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think he's part of that problem. I mean, I think he could maybe do a little bit to shut down some of it. Yeah, no, it would not surprise me at all if he was texting someone and saying. That's not his I think he likes, like, oh, like Bill said, he likes I need to, to watch come out and do an ESPN <laughs> special and say, this is not what's happening. I'm not saying anything. Like, I don't think that's necessary. No. And he's never been that person. Yeah. I don't know. And I've come to like him more as he's come on to the, the Pat McAfee show. But like I said, I'm just tiring of it. And it's it seems like it's him trying to stay in the headlines. Just in my opinion, that's what it seems like. Because did you see the did you see the Charles Barkley statement? Yeah, he's <laughs> that pretty brutal. He's that pretty girl that you have to tell her she's pretty all the time, and that's that's what it seems like to me. I think Charles is spot on there. I thought it was funny, a coming from Charles Barkley, but because um, he, I mean, he was a headline machine back in the day. It's not like he wasn't a high profile player, but um, it, it was funny. Yeah, no, I. I laughed at that for sure. And I, like I said, I thought it was pretty accurate. So now that we've talked about Aaron Rodgers for seven minutes, maybe we should move on. <laughs> um, although I did hear that Denver is prepared to offer three first round picks for Aaron Rodgers. So maybe they could make that work if they send back uh, a high price defensive person or, or, or something like that. But anyway, Speaking of trades that have been proposed, did you guys see Washington made an offer to Russell Wilson or to the Seahawks for Russell Wilson? Yeah, they're throwing offers out left and right. Yeah. I mean, they did say they're going to turn 
turn every stone out in the in the market right now for quarterbacks that could potentially be available. Uh, they feel they're only a quarterback away from from Super Bowl contention. So well, if, if that's what saw, you feel, everybody and, saw what the Rams did last year. Yeah, exactly. I but mean, to be fair, I don't think Stafford's you know <laughs> a level of quarterback that they're offering for. I mean they they've been rumored to check in on Kansas City and saying, "Hey, any chance we could get Mahomes?" So I want to know. I want to know how long that phone call was. <laughs> I want to know how many seconds that phone call lasted. Yeah, it was probably something like, "Hey, yeah, uh, this is this is Washington." Um, no, <laughs> just any any interest in trading away Mahomes? No, okay, okay. Well, we we tried. <laughs> what if what if no? Quick, that's Bully probably how it went. Them, you don't know if you don't ask. Only for that GM, yeah. like taking the balls to actually give <laughs> yes. them a call. Yeah, like I mean. You know, he's just like sitting there, like screw it, like I'll just, I'll just see. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they they definitely said they're gonna turn every stone to see if they can they can make a move, and that's the thing that makes me nervous is, um, they're they're rumored to be enamored with Carr, and I think if contract negotiations don't go the way that McDaniel's and um, I forget the guy's name, Ziegler. If if contract negotiations with Carr aren't going the way that they want them to, I I think they would probably make a trade with Washington if if they're given enough assets. So I don't know. Although they also said they weren't going to rebuild, so it, it's kind of a tough situation because Tyler Heineke, I think he's probably a mid tier to to high tier backup, but yeah. I don't think he's starting caliber quarterback in the NFL right now. So that would set you guys back so far. I just can't imagine yeah. pulling the trigger on it, but I mean, weirder things have happened. Well, and to be fair, I think Ziegler and, and McDaniels do a lot better in the draft than we've done in the past 10, 20 years. So getting picks for players, McDaniels. probably not a, yeah. Isn't he the one who drafted Tebow? Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, he was taking counsel from Belichick, and he probably didn't know Belichick was trying to sabotage him. <laughs> now that he's a competitor, but oh. is that uh, what happened? <laughs> that's what I heard. I heard McDaniel's was, you know, still talking to Belichick, and he was offering him some counsel on on what he should do in the draft and whatnot. So I love it. Yeah, take Tebow. He's a good guy. I bet he'll he win also- you. Eight games and a, wow. and a, well, we probably shouldn't bring that up with Kyle on, but went to the playoffs. Little playoff win <laughs> as an as an underdog. Demarius Thomas, ring a bell. R.I.P. Yeah, that was a sweet play. Unfortunately, well, that was his best play of his career. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And as Kyle said, definitely rest in peace. All accounts, he was a great person on and off the field. So. Um, but no, do you think Washington gets a quarterback through trade? And and if so, who do you think that might be that will prepare them for that Super Bowl run that they think they're primed for? Go ahead, John. Uh, they're definitely going to change. They have a lot of quarterback options out there. Uh, I mean, you know, come to mind like Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, yeah. Cam Newton. Uh, I don't think Cam's even on their radar. 
They had well, a chance to bring him in last year for nothing and didn't. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys out there. Is what I'm saying. Oh, so yeah, they have options. A- anything could change. So it, it's just, you know, I I don't think they'll get a top tier. I heard some news about uh, Murray being upset with Arizona. Yeah, they're not going to move on from him. Weeks ago, yeah, and I I haven't heard anything since. He wants fifty million a year, a year early, essentially, because he's still got his fourth year and then his fifth year option, and he wants to get paid in his third year, essentially. So, so overrated. Yeah, I'm which so it's not even funny. The funny thing to me about Kyler Murray is, you know, everyone says he's a constantly improving quarterback, but his stats have been pretty much the same all three years he's been in the in the league. So. Like he's he's good. I think he's brought that Arizona team up from what they were, obviously. But can he get them over the hump? I don't think so. But back to Washington, I don't think there's anyone out there that they're going to get that's going to bring them to that level. Because, well, and another thing, this trade that they offered, it's rumored to be three first rounds plus a player. Um, and Seattle said no. So I don't think Russell's going anywhere. I think that's pretty telling. Um, and then Washington, like you said, Heineke, he's he's not going to win them too many games. I mean, but who can you see even possibly going there? See, and that's that's where I I have no idea because of rumored available quarterbacks. You you had Wilson, he's not available from from the sounds of that. And if they didn't um, accept that, I don't think he's going. Car he cars rumored to be on the move every every off season, and he's never gone anywhere. Granted, this is a new. This is a new regime, but I mean, I really don't. Th- Aaron Rodgers, you would think, but he his list of potential teams, Washington wasn't on there. So, well, there's a handful of guys like Carson Wentz. Um, Carson could be available, but even the he, guys that are already released or are already available, like Jameis Winston, stuff like that. I mean, I bet Jameis is knows? back with the with the uh, Saints. Saints. We'll see. But, I mean, if the Raiders were to move on from Carr, Jameis would be probably right at the top of my, my potential target. So that would make sense. I think he's better than uh, Heineke, although he is coming off that ACL injury. So who knows where he's at in that progress. What about Mitchell Trubisky? And, uh, Trubisky's a – yeah. Your backup. Mariota. Mariota, no. I – I don't think, for one, I don't think Mariota can stay healthy. He he was injured in the off season before last year. Came into the into the season, made that amazing run against the Ravens, I believe it was, and it pulled his hamstring in that game. Didn't come back until like week ten, week thirteen, something like that, somewhere in that range. And you know he's he's never been healthy since I think it was probably his junior, his third season in the, in the league. So, and that's been, I think that's why Tennessee moved on from him is because when he did play, he wasn't consistent. And then he was constantly getting hurt towards the end of his, his stay there. So uh, Trubisky is very, very intriguing to me. I, I'd like to see what he can do because if you see what the, the bears have done since they've moved on, moved on from him, I mean, he was—he had them in the playoffs at least in playoff contention, and since then they've been just garbage. So, I think, and then obviously spending a, a year backing up Josh Allen, 
and learning from Brian Dabble, I think that's only going to benefit him. So I think, yeah, if, if you could get Mitch Trubisky, that he was actually one of the ones I would like to see on, on the Steelers. I don't know how you're feeling about that, Kyle, but I think he could um, be a solid starter. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with the draft. I mean, that's a big part of it, too, for us. So you're going to uh, see what happens in free agency before the draft. So this is, this is true. But I mean, as far as who I'm envisioning under center, yeah, um, it just really depends, I think, on where the team thinks they'll end up in the draft or who will be available. Yeah. Um, as far as their approach. But you guys are forgetting probably the best guy on this list of available quarterbacks. Go on. The Deshaun mustache Washington. himself. <laughs> No, Deshaun Watson. Love, no one's even trying to get Deshaun Watson right now because of the only legal. team they cared was Miami, and they already said yeah. that they're not interested now. Um, but no, dude, Gardner Minshew, I absolutely love this man. Um, I just want him to get signed somewhere. I don't even care. He's just a fun player to watch. Gardner, um, I'm not saying he's the answer in Pittsburgh, but I just he's such could a be fun in Washington. Player. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. I, I hope he goes somewhere and does well. But. Yeah. I, I like Gardner too, but I don't think he's as good as either uh, Winston or potentially Trubisky. I mean, Trubisky's shown what he could do for several seasons. And like you said, I think Nagy was just looking for a scapegoat, so he shipped oh, out absolutely. Trubisky, and that, that went even worse for him. So um, Nick Foles, I mean, they paid him so much and played him like five games, I think, total, and that was just due to injuries, so. Oof, that was that was a bad trade on their part. But um, no, like I said, free agency is going to kick off before the draft, so I think that's going to give us some clarity on on where teams are going to go with each position group. Um, the Raiders have been heavily rumored to be looking at wide receivers in the draft, which I'm all I'm all for. But I think that they could get DJ Chark from Jacksonville for pretty cheap. And I think they could get Allen Robinson coming off a, a bad year where he basically just wasn't even targeted in that. Bears offense. Robinson's very interesting for you. Yeah. Guys. If they could get both those guys, I mean, I would say stay away from wide receiver and, and get some more defensive pieces or offensive linemen, whatever comes up as, you know, you always hear the term best player available at that pick, but obviously best player available is different for each team. So, um, it just depends what's on the board there. So I personally, I would like to see the Raiders sign both those guys. Obviously, with them being free agents, they're going to have to go up against other other teams for their services. But I think both could be had at, at reasonable contracts. And then, like I said, focus on the draft for other positions of need. Um, do you guys have like specific positions in mind for both free agency and, well, obviously the draft would come later. But any any potential free agent that you guys have in mind for your team and, and how they would fit there. Go ahead, John. Yeah. Devonte Adams. Yeah, I was going to say, John has an obvious one. <laughs> Devonte Adams. Yeah. yeah that makes a lot of sense. That is the biggest one. And I think all he cares about is getting paid. Like he's talked about being the highest paid wide receiver in the league. That's something. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't like that, but I think he deserves it. it. Yeah, but so I, I mean, I mean, I would do it. I would hundred percent do it. But <laughs> it's Devonte and Rogers, and I think that would give a a big reason for Rogers to stay. If they and maybe that's what he's right waiting away. for. Yeah, yeah, 
Could be. And then they also need something else in the draft. Yeah. It's been three years when they have been begging for a wide receiver and Green Bay is just, well, let's go get Devin Funches. There yeah. you go. But yeah. to be fair, I mean, if you bring back Rodgers and Adams both, like you're not going to have money to spend on any other free agents. So it's going to be build through the draft and you're probably going to lose some, some guys from your defense too. If you, if you re-sign both those guys. So, well, and that's the thing that frustrates me is if Rogers truly doesn't care about the money, he's making 42 million next year. So I can see adding some money onto the end of next year, which would be his walk year. If that's what he's worried about, because obviously at the end of the day, it's guaranteed dollars that really matter in these, in these contracts. So, Maybe that's what he's looking for, just getting that second year upped and guaranteed. Uh, but at the same time, if he's looking to be paid, you know, fifty million a year, he can't say that it's not about the money, and he can't say that he wants to to win at all costs because you can't build a team around the quarterback taking up a quarter of your entire cap salary cap. See, I've been thinking about this a ton because I've thought that uh, with all the reports where. Uh, the Green Bay is just going to throw a ton of money at him, make him the highest paid quarterback in the league. And I think like, okay, I mean, they could, they, yeah. could, they could do that. Would he want that? And, and that's, that's where I think this, it's not that. At this stage of his career, when he's, you know, the last few years, he's like, oh, I just want to win more than get paid. Yeah. And now he's old older but he's still playing at a high level is he is he okay now i don't care about winning i just want to get paid while i can get paid yeah that's fair could be i mean that's the that's the thing that is right to change his mind on that over the last few years i mean that's understandable that's i mean that's fine but he was he said last season i don't want to make all the money i've already made my money i just want to win yep so, like, in one year, you go from that to that. But at the same time, if it was about the money, it would already be done because Green Bay's already expressed we're willing to make you the highest-paid quarterback in the league. So, I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm longing for this to be over, like I said. Kyle, <laughs> what about you for free agent fits that you'd like to see? Um, I mean, there's there's a couple different ways. We'll see what happens with, like, Juju and stuff. We'll see if we need another wide receiver. Um I have my complaints about our linebacking core, but our obvious glaring issue outside of the quarterback situation, that's beyond obvious. But um, I'm really interested in a lot of the offensive linemen that are available, um, like Taron Armstead. Um, There's a couple other ones. I think, uh, what's his name for the Bengals? Uh, Riley Reef. There's some younger guys even. I don't know. I just think they need to look at guards and tackles for sure. For we sure. need a complete overhaul of that line. So even if we end up drafting a couple, I would love to bring in one or two um, just seasoned, just gnarly, mean vets. Um, we need some maulers on that line, somebody that's going to get aggressive. Yeah. No one was hit you know, more in the backfield than, than Najee last year. So it's not a good stat to have. Yeah. So I would and- say offensive line for sure. And I like Armstead a lot. I've watched him a lot with the Saints because of my dad. So I like what he does. Yeah. I think 
I, I obviously mentioned two wide receivers for the Raiders, and I think that would set us up for future success. But like you said, offensive line is also one of yeah. our huge issues. So Morgan Moses from the New York Jets, I think getting him would be relatively inexpensive, probably lock him up for three, four years, and he'd be our solution at right tackle for, for years to come. Yeah. That allows us to kick Leatherwood in back, or I keep, I guess keep him at guard because they already moved him to guard. You, you don't like taking a guard at first or as your first pick in the in the draft. But if if he can contribute and and stay and and continue to learn at guard, then at least if he's a starter, you can you can live with that. So I think that's probably the three at least high priority for free agents I'd like to see us bring in. And I think we could add a, a guard or two obviously we lost Richie Incognito Denzel Good Torres ACL so the majority of our our guards from last season will not be returning or coming off major injuries so you got to get some depth there as well if you want to have some success throughout the the entire season especially now that we've moved to 17 game seasons with preseason games and all that so um in terms of the draft, who who stood out to you guys? I don't know, John, if you've got to mo- watch much of the combine, especially with you traveling to London this week. Zero, okay. Zero. So, Kyle, who's in- impressed you? Let's start out with the um, guy from the great state of Wyoming, maybe. <laughs> well, he's definitely on my list. I have a couple guys. Um, one of them I have to – actually, I'll save him for last because we're going to talk about him specifically a little bit later um uh, an individual who played for georgia but uh chad muma has really impressed me um i mean you have it written here that he's he's getting a lot of three four round grades i think and i agree with you any if anybody gets him in the third or fourth round it's a huge deal if you watched him at the combine at all he doesn't have the size a lot of the guys um you know that's in the group with him you have some very big linebackers in this group but the thing that stood out to me is his hips and his feet. Um, he, he runs those drills like a safety. Yeah. And it's, it's very impressive the way he moves. Um, I think, I don't think the game will be too big for him. Um, I think you got another Logan Wilson coming in. I think yeah, he's going to come in and show up. An easy comp. Obviously they yeah. played on the same team. Uh, same position. Muma was more outside linebacker when Logan was inside. So he's played both in and out, which is ideal. I mean, seems what like he would be an easy fit for either three, four, four, three, or because of his coverage skills, even on those nickel downs and, and dime, you'd like to see him on the field for, for his coverage abilities. The thing that surprised me was how many people were saying he doesn't have lateral quickness and he's not good with his hips, but watching those drills, it was like, what are you guys looking at? And then obviously watching him play on film, it, you, he's just always where you would like your linebacker right. to be. He's always well, in position I, making plays. So I had a really big feel good moment. I don't know how much of the combine you actually watched. I had it kind of in the background on TV all day. Um, exactly. That's what I had too. But it was it was really cool for them to start the linebacker drills, and they're just talking the analysts, whatever, and they start talking about they're starting to get texts from coaches, and all these coaches were texting them, and all they were saying was "Don't sleep on Muma, don't sleep on Muma." Yeah. And so for you know wherever he ends up, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just cool to see that that recognition is there. 
Um, I think players like Wilson and now him are going to help put that spotlight a little bit on Wyoming, which linebacker you taking I mean, over. Well, Penn State. That's, that's what they were talking about. They're like, they're doing something out there. They're training these guys. Right. And just to hear that, you know, obviously as a UW fan is kind of that, you know, put a smile on your face moment. It was fun seeing on national television. So I'm really excited for him. Um, again, we'll talk about my obvious choice, but the other one I have is Malik Willis. He's a quarterback that the Steelers obviously are interested in, which is part of why I've followed him as much as I have. But he impressed me in his interviews. It had nothing to do with what he did on the field, which he's had an amazing combine. Yeah. Um, but the way he handles himself, his responses, none of it feels staged. None of it feels rehearsed. Um, and just the way he answered a lot of the questions, um, you know, they were asking, how do you, you know, basically what do you see your career at in 10 years? And, I loved his response of, I still got to make a team. Um, yeah. You know, my only priority is to get through this draft and go make the team and be the best player I can. You know, I mean, yes, it's the cliche answers, but his delivery is what I really enjoyed. It, it doesn't seem rehearsed or staged. It just seems like a very genuine kid. Um, they had him outside the combine, um, you know, handing out things to homeless guys that were yeah, out on the that. street. I mean, it's just, he's, he's a good kid. Looks like a pretty impressive young man. So, yeah. and obviously the change from him to, or from Ben Roethlisberger to him would be huge for your team because Roethlisberger wasn't able to run for his life where yeah. Willis would probably be able yeah. to with that offensive line. So I don't know if sure. where his skills are. Obviously he was competing at a, at a lower level of football playing at Liberty, but skills are translate, I think. And it's well, just going to be I learning to for him. The Steelers taking a small school quarterback, before at some yeah. point yeah i don't know if you remember might work out <laughs> uh, yeah but that's that's i guess all i got really okay um i think the thing that stood out to me is how much we put into the the hand size and kenny pickett so stupid. he's projected to go top 10 in some mock drafts most mock drafts don't have a quarterback going in the top 15 i think 13 somewhere in there so uh if that helps him slide, would you? And and obviously he's available for you guys at twenty. You, you think you guys pull the trigger on that, or you think eyes are on Malik Willis? What, what I don't do you know. Think? It's really tough. I'm actually concerned. If he does slide, I think Malik might go sooner. Yeah, um, he's really impressed at the combine. A lot of teams are starting to notice him. It was us all off season. Yep, Steelers were all over him. And yeah, worst kept secret. Like everybody's catching up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I would take either of them, honestly, if we're going to take, there's some other guys, uh, Coral and uh, what's the, the Tar Heels quarterback. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, I can't think of it either. But Anyways, I mean, there's some other decent guys, but those are the two, if we're going to pull the trigger, um, you know, and I, 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 I like Corral from, from Ole Miss. I think he probably would have went top 10 if he hadn't, pulled his ACL or oh, maybe his Achilles, agree. whatever it was back in the, the, the bowl game that he played in that everyone will, was advising him not play in, but obviously he, he should still go in the first round. I would guess. Oh, I think so. I think all three of them will go. Um, yeah. The thing with Kenny Pickett, the, if he does fall to 20, um, what the biggest regret of our, our owner is letting old Danny Marino go. Yeah, and so I think the stars are lining up too close to that. That if he is, he, if he's at twenty, I think we pull the trigger on Pickett. 
And yeah. I'm completely okay with that hand size and all. I think it's the dumbest conversation. And this is no different than Drew Brees height. This is no different than. Tell me uh, about this hand size. Okay. Yeah. We'll go ahead. We'll go into that a little bit more. So just for comps, uh, active quarterbacks in the NFL right now, uh, hand size. The currently the smallest is Joe Burrow at nine inches. And it's basically measuring from, as I understand it, from thumb. Well, there we go. Thumb to pinky. So they're measuring that distance there. I'm sure my hand is probably less than eight and a half because, you know, NFL footballs are not easy to grip. Yeah. Um, but I think there's also something to like hand strength, not necessarily just hand size because Joe Burrow was obviously able to make it work last year with nine, nine inch hands. Um, Derek Carr. This is the, this is the comparison that scares me that might give some precedence to this whole hand size thing and and Derek Carr obviously he throws the ball very well uh but he also struggles so much when when the calendar turns to like November and the temperatures start dropping in these games basically from November on he does not do well and he has the most fumbles in the league since he came into the league and that's where it's like okay maybe there is something to this because he can't hold on the ball, and he always struggles when, when the weather starts to get cold and they play in these cold-weather games. The only argument but, I would make against that okay, go ahead. is so you take somebody like a Kenny Pickett who's played his career in weather. Yeah. Um, you take Derek Carr, college, he did not play in weather. Yeah, um, played in Fresno. Well, he did play in like I mean, he Wyoming. played in some, I guess. But, yeah, he played in Wyoming um, and But Air it wasn't Force consistent, and, and now you look at where he's played his football – professionally yep it's weather's not his fault really an issue yeah um i don't know <laughs> i just think this I, I love all the crazy stats that the nfl comes up with over the years i think it's crazy how much data is out there now yeah but these are the moments when i just feel like we've gone too far <laughs> well yeah but kenny pickett also did have a hard time holding on to the football he's got fumbling issues just like Carr. They have attributed that to him being loose with the football when he's moving in the pocket where he's not keeping both hands to secure it. And then obviously when he's Are ready to throw, then it's one. That these tiny hands get cold. Well, it's yeah, they're saying there's well. something to it. Just securing the football and, and able yeah. to make, make these passes in. Whether just worry there's a correlation between small hands and ball security is basically and, what it comes down to. And to be fair, I think Kenny Pickett has like the smallest – Oh, they're tiny. <laughs> it would be on record for yeah, uh, since they've been doing combine for a quarterback that's played in the league. So I don't know if that's 100% accurate. It could just be in the last X amount of years. I didn't see the stat behind it, but I heard that he he would have the smallest hands in, in the league actively and possibly since the combine era. So, But to, to be fair, Patrick Mahomes, he only has like 9.25-inch hands, so not much bigger. And then Tom Brady was a 9.325 or something like that. So you also have some of the greatest ever to do it that have quote unquote small hands. So I don't know if there's a ton to it, but like I said, the correlation that would scare me is Derek Carr and could just be that he didn't have to play in the weather in college or now the pros. So true. Um, but yeah, no, Chad Muma, he's impressed me quite a bit in the drills. Uh, the other one that I obviously close to home is Devin Lloyd and that's, because he's from University of Utah. And I think between those two two linebackers, if you could get both, you would be absolutely robbing this draft because Devin Lloyd's probably the best linebacker in this group. Uh, 
Like he's probably going to go maybe even top 10. So if you're talking complete linebackers, I would agree for sure. Yeah. I mean, De- Devin Lloyd, he had eight interceptions this season playing against better competition than Wyoming played. Obviously uh, he had, or sorry, he had four interceptions, which is one more than Muma. He had two touchdowns on those interceptions. Um, and then he also had eight sacks and not as many solo tackles. I think Muma had almost a hundred solo tackles where Devin Lloyd only had 70 or something like that. Yeah. So obviously I'm rounding these numbers so they're even, but if, if you're looking for an all around linebacker that can play wherever you put him on the field, I think Devin Lloyd is probably better, better suited for that. He he's going to get you pressure. He's going to get you some coverage as well, where Muma is more of a straight up tackler, and coverage, he's not going to get you that pressure that you would see from a 3-4 uh, linebacker that's Devin Lloyd. So, if you like I said, if you could get both in this draft, have have one as a rushing linebacker and, and one as your middle-of-the-field coverage linebacker, man, you, you're going to do well. So that's what I'm hoping for with the Raiders, but I don't think he'll still be there at 20. And Muma, I think he'll be early third, maybe even a late second, the way that he did at the Combine. So. Be interesting to see where those guys go. And then the obvious standout was Jordan Davis from Georgia. And quite honestly, the entire Georgia defensive line did very yeah, well in this combine. But Jordan Davis stood out head and shoulders above everyone, being 6'6, 341 pounds. And then he ran an official 478, which is faster than I think basically every quarterback other than Lamar let Jackson. Me, let me break down this uh, this thing that we were talking about before. So this is um, basically, oh man, where'd it go? Here we go. So this is how they broke him down. I mean, this is unreal. So he's uh, he's six foot six and three eighths and 341 pounds, which makes him taller than Rob Gronkowski. Yep. And heavier than Jason Peters. And if you guys remember Jason Peters, that boy was big. Yeah. Um, so then he also ran a four, seven, eight, 40 yard dash, which is faster than Patrick Mahomes. Yep. And 340 pounds and a four, seven, eight. He also had a 32 inch vertical and, and the time he had a 0.68 seconds, which is quicker than Jarvis Landry. Yeah. That, Jarvis Landry can cut. <laughs> um, and then a 32 inch vertical insane, which is more explosive than Jamal Charles. Yeah. These are and, not small names. Like this is insane. And his 10 foot plus, I think it was 10 foot three inch broad jump for a boy that's 341 pounds. Yep. Insane. Three inches, which is longer than Jimmy Graham. Yeah. I mean, obviously this is just, a, just the combine. This doesn't correlate to, you know, people have performed well at the combine and not been, you know, hall of famers. I'm not saying it's guaranteeing anything, but. Those but, are insane numbers. I can't find the publication that does this, but they rank like the raw combine stats for everyone that's ever done it, which is like up to 17,500 plus people that have done the combine. And Jordan Davis's performance at the combine ranks second only behind Calvin Johnson for pure athleticism. So if, if you're scoring <laughs> right below Calvin Johnson and you're a defensive tackle, that weighs 341 pounds. That is just a freak of nature. So like you said, not all combine performances equal greatness in, in football, but 
I would say Jordan Davis has probably (laughs) like, I would say he's probably going to be, if there is the next uh, Aaron Donald in this draft, it's it's this guy right here. His movement, even the drills, speaking of how well Muma did, he performed like the linebackers did in all the position drills. Yep. I mean, his movement, they're, they're not supposed to move like that. I mean, if you watch like the really big guys run the 40, their movement is cumbersome. And I mean, they run like a big guy. He does yeah. not run like a big guy. He's, he's performing kill with 340 pounds wrapped around him. It's, it's ridiculous. His movement, he's very fluid. Yeah, he's moving like a safety or a linebacker or something, not a defensive lineman. So it's insane. And like I said, the other Georgia defensive linemen, and and there were some others that just ran blazing fast speed. So they're thinking they're going to at least tie the record for um, most defensive players drafted by a school again. Yeah. I think it's eight, and it's been tied a handful of times, but they have an impressive group. It's, it's, yeah, I I think they said. Uh, quarterbacks obviously down for this draft. I think they are only planning on either two or three to be selected in the first round. I think it always moves up to more than they're expecting because teams get desperate and run on them. Yeah. That's, that's the position where if you draft one and hit on it, that's, that's the position that is going to lead to success for years to come. But they said, this is probably the deepest defensive line draft that, that we've had in some time. So it shows, if you're looking for defensive linemen, which unfortunately the Raiders don't really need defensive line that much because we have a group that's pretty decent. But anyway, if you're drafting from need and, and you need a lineman, this is the year to get it. So uh, moving on from NFL, I did want to mention that the Wyoming Cowboys basketball team Kind of struggled down the stretch, but they were able to beat Fresno State, which I think if they would have lost, that would have put them on the bubble to even make the the big tournament. So coming back from three points down with, I think it was like six seconds left to take it to overtime, and then they eventually won that game, probably saved their chances at March Madness. So that's great. Uh, I think it moved them down to third or fourth seed in the Mountain West Conference Tournament, depending on how the rest of the game shook out, which I haven't seen yet. So think there'll be a three or a four seed. Uh, it also led to some Wyoming fans selling their tickets down there in Vegas. If you guys are interested, well, John, you can't go, but Kyle, if you're interested know. in going on Thursday, I've, I've seen some tickets up for sale by some Wyoming fans. So no, uh, no I'm good. I would love to go. And I'll like I said, it. being only two and a half hours away, it makes it really hard to not just be like, all right, I'm out. See you guys next week. Well, but, and the funny thing is, is I'm actually going down there on Saturday. Are you? But, <laughs> you might be there for the championship game. I think yeah, that's maybe, on Saturday. Maybe I'll watch it on TV in the hotel. I don't know. There you go. But the other basketball stuff wanted to bring up is the Warriors, and they obviously are not playing good basketball right now. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10, and they've fallen to the number three seed behind the Memphis Grizzlies. And they're playing – Memphis is playing the best basketball of their season. John Morant is going out of his damn mind. John, do you think do you think they'll be able to stave them off and come back and get that two seed? I think one seed's probably out of out of the question at this point, unless Suns have a huge collapse. Yeah, as far as I can see, like what they're playing is just bad basketball. Yeah. Like all around. They're taking terrible shots. They can't get into their offense. It's 
bad defense, like can't get back, can't guard the three. It's just really frustrating watching yeah. all of it. I don't see them. I see them getting beat by a ton of teams right now, and I, I can't expect the Warriors to just pray that Draymond changes everything. Cause yeah. I, I know he's a big part of it, but the rest of the team needs to play a lot, lot better. Yeah. And they're coming off a, a huge loss to the Lakers where they basically, I think they were up 13, 14, 14. Yeah. And then ended up losing by nine or something like that. So not a great showing. They gave up 56 to LeBron. And for whatever reason, I mean, as bad as the Lakers are struggling, they didn't double LeBron like the entire game, which was super puzzling to me because he was the only one that was scoring with any consistency. Uh, Lakers got hot towards the end of the game where they were just hitting every shot they threw up. So it's tough to fault that. But the defense has just been almost embarrassing. Like the ones or the first group going against the the starters from the other team have been struggling so bad. And then it seems like the bench comes on and, and they make a comeback, and then as soon as the starters come back on, the, the Warriors start to lose again. So I don't know what's going on with that. I do know Clay looks like he is struggling with his knees again. He came off the court last night, came back on, and then when he was on the bench, he had ice just wrapped around both knees where he couldn't even move. There was so much ice and restriction there. So I don't know if he's starting to – with with him building those minutes back up, if he needs to come back off – but Jordan Poole is struggling so bad, you'd hate to see him come off for in favor of Clay. Um, and even Damian Lee was playing over Jordan Poole because Jordan Poole has been struggling so hard. And then you have Wiggins, where he can't even make a free throw right now, but he's shooting like 40% from three. So I don't know how that correlates, because typically if you have an uncontested shot from the free throw line, you're going to shoot better than you would percentage wise from three where you are shooting contested. And I think over the last two months, he's shooting under 50 percent from the free throw line. So teams are fouling him when he's cutting to the basket, which he's been a lot less aggressive going to the basket because he's going to get fouled and then he can't make those foul shots. So it's just been a, a culmination of bad basketball all coming on at the same time. And you said, you don't know if you can count on green to come back and, and save the season, so to speak. But I really think they're just Draymond green away from playing decent defense again. And then Wiseman, if he can come, he's progressing. They said he's getting pretty close to full practice. So I think if they can get him in it for the scoring, when, even if it's Is on the it second unit, I mean, is it too late for Wiseman to do anything, really? No. I mean, besides playing 10 minutes and getting five no. fouls a game, I think, he's not going to be worth anything. I think he can add that length that they've been missing on the interior defense and offensive side of the basketball. And even if it's coming off the bench for Looney, that gives Looney more time to rest and be fresh because yeah. Looney's had knee issues his in, in his entire career. So getting him some extra rest minutes and not losing the length that Looney provides, I think Wiseman could be huge, even if it is 15, 20 minutes that he can give them. So I think that would be huge. And obviously, like I said, Draymond just helps solidify that defense, just positioning guys where they need to be. He's like, I don't even know. He's like the Einstein of defense on basket on a basketball court. So, Which is really hard to 
like wrap my head around it exactly because all the games that Draymond has been out and I've been watching, their offense is just kind of like, well, if Draymond would have set that screen, yep, like Curry could have gotten open, like at the uh, the screener kind of screen, I think just rubbed off real quick. Or yeah. didn't screen or didn't get out there and screen. And it's like, I don't know. It feels really weird to look at it and see like Curry is constantly draped with people and he can't even make a move. He can't yeah. even run around the court like he always does and get like an off ball look at the basket. You know, like it's just really weird watching Golden State right now because they don't have a flow like they usually have. Well, and like you said, Jordan Poole is struggling. Otto Porter Jr., I think he's four for 23 in his last, what is that, 27 attempts from three. So he's he was a big boost when other people weren't scoring, and he just can't score right now. Uh, like I said, Clay's playing some rough basketball, which we weren't really expecting. Um, and then, yeah, defense, especially against that corner three, it's like they don't realize, hey, we shouldn't give up these shots. These are the easiest threes that you can make in basketball, and they just, for whatever reason, Steph left some guy open right at the end of the game a couple games ago, wide open from the three that ended up deciding it. And it's it's that defense defensive accountability that I think they're missing from Draymond. But like you said, he's also a huge instigator on the offensive side of the basketball, even though he doesn't score many points. Um, and he's also there center, so to speak, uh, in, in most normal situations when they're playing that small ball lineup. So they're missing him so much. And rumors have it he's getting really close to coming back, but he hasn't played since January, so they're going to have to ramp him up as well. Yeah. But looking at the standings right now, Suns haven't really had a drop-off that we were expecting with Chris Paul. Granted, they haven't missed him for that many games. I think they've played three or four since the all-star break and they've won two in a row. So, and then the Grizzlies, like I said, they're playing their best basketball right now. Warriors are only what three games ahead of the jazz for fourth place. So they keep playing the way they are. They might, they might drop even further and Mavericks are just a game behind the, the jazz. So if, if they keep playing this way before they get Draymond back and, and Wiseman back, they might be looking at that play in tournament. If they keep, keep playing this way and the other teams behind them are playing good basketball. So hate to see yeah, that. I don't know if I see that happening. I, well, I, I don't think, think everything so. can feel like I could see them possibly like staying in third. But if you keep losing know. eight out of 10, you're not going to be in that spot very long. I think they'll turn it around. I don't think they're going to really drop that much. I hope you're right. And obviously, I just don't see it. And I know they've got Yeah. But I don't know. I can see him, and I can see it being a good thing. Maybe like right at the uh, beginning of the playoffs, everybody comes back and they're all healthy and they're all congealing. Like I could see it being a decent thing. Yeah. But I guess it could be my, just my hopes as well. Yeah. I didn't notice this before, but I think if you tip your camera down just a little bit, we could maybe see your crotch there. <laughs> that's that's for a different podcast. Yeah, but uh, that I think that's probably enough. I mean, Kerr basically said 
only this group can decide when they're going to start playing better basketball. He thinks the ability's all there. It's it's just a matter of being in position you need to be in and making shots when when you're open and things like that. So, like you said, I, I hope we're overreacting a bit here and they're going to just re- start to rebound and play better basketball. But the way that they're playing, I mean, two of eight speaks for itself in the last ten. That's that's not good. That's not good for any team. So. But moving on to baseball, uh, Kyle, I know you probably are as frustrated about this as I am, but lockout continues. They've already canceled the first two series of the season, and we're probably looking at maybe even the first month because they've already canceled the first three weeks of spring training, and this is just going to keep pushing on further. Uh, I refuse to call it opening day whenever they open it back up because – I mean, opening day's been canceled by now. So I I can't believe the owners have let it get to this level, but I guess it kind of makes sense on their business perspective because the first month of the season outside of opening day or opening weekend, I guess, they're not really that profitable because especially in the colder climates, fans don't really start to come out until later in into May when it starts to warm up. Um, So the first losing the first month, even – Probably, I think they can go up to 25% of the season before they have to start paying back the TV contracts money. So if they move, if they miss the first 25% of the season, it's not going to start to really hit the owners in the pocketbooks until they've hit that 25% of the season. Um, so that probably puts them, I think, six weeks into the season before they really start to lose TV money. And then the playoffs is where the bulk of their money comes from. So if they can still get that expanded playoffs in this next CBT or sorry, CBA, uh, it's not really going to affect them at all. So this is where they're, they're negotiating from this perspective of, we don't really start to lose money until we lose the expanded playoffs or we lose 25% of the season. So that's the part that really pisses me off about the owners and anyone taking the owner side in this. Like the players, the players want, I think four things is basically what they've highlighted. And I'll read a, a tech or a tweet that Max Scherzer sent out. He said, we want a system where threshold and penalties don't function as caps, where he's referring to the competitive balance tax, which is basically just serving as a salary cap, even though there's not supposed to be a salary cap in baseball. That's what it's functioning as. And then he says, we want to allow younger players to realize more of their market value because you have your Aaron judges and uh, I'm trying to think of any others off the top of my head, but Aaron judge for one, he's getting paid basically a million dollars this upcoming season where he's probably generating 40 million for 40 million in revenue for the Yankees. So that is just asinine that players could be paid that much while also making the, the owners that much. Uh, so that they want to the younger players to be able to realize more of their market value where that's where they're generating that new um, arbitration pre-arbitration pool where guys can get bonuses if they're outperforming their contract essentially and then make service time manipulation a thing of the past which is where the owners won't allow gms or coaches whatever to bring up players before they've I think it's 15 day, 15 games or something like that. If they don't start, they don't get, they don't get credit for a full season. Yeah. So 
owners have done that where they basically keep control of a player for an extra season because they won't bring him up at the beginning of the season. So they want to get rid of that. And then they want to eliminate tanking as a winning strategy. And obviously you can't win if you're tanking, but on the business side, they're winning because they're, they're recouping the, any losses that they would have through this revenue sharing system that basically allows your Pittsburgh pirates, your <laughs> Orioles to win, you know, or to lose a hundred games and still be very profitable in a season. So that's, that's the player's outline of what they want. And then the owners don't want to give up anything. Essentially they, they've been raking it in for the last 20 years over the last two CB or CBAs. And the owners are like, we want to make baseball a better product. We want to realize more of our value versus you guys taking in all this money and, and not sharing it essentially. So, if you look since 2003, uh, payroll spending has gone down immensely. And that's because of the introduction of revenue sharing, where you don't have to try to win to win on the business side of baseball. So, Kyle, what are your thoughts on, on this carrying on? And I oh, guess, dude, um, I guess first I want to say that, I mean, I already liked Max Scherzer a lot, um, but the more this goes on, he's the perfect person. Um, I'm so glad that he's involved. Um, he just has the right attitude. Uh, he's, he's very chippy and to the point and it's not too big for him. He's always going to make comments like these. Um, I just, he's a good player to have involved. Uh, with that being said, I just, I can't get over, there's even some local writers in Pittsburgh that are like, you know, the players are you know, ruining this for everybody. The fans just want to watch baseball. And it's unreal to me that anyone can take that perspective. No. When you waited, um, you know, 40 plus days to even start the conversation. Yeah. And then when they don't accept what you want immediately, well, now it's on them. Um, yep. And like, basically the only thing they've really even offered was I think up in the minimum salary by a hundred, hundred K. I don't even think it was that. I think it was 100000 but maybe okay. I'm wrong. I think um, it was like seventy five, is what I saw. Either but way. But it went up like, every year after that. So. That literally takes care of the least important part of all this. Yes, that's important, and it's awesome that they could get a little bit more minimum. But it's – I mean, it's literally the quality and the integrity of the game in question at this point. And I think that's the biggest part of the CBA is having a – I mean, basically limiting what the team can do to lose on purpose is so big to me. Um, yeah. Which but I, they've I offered up over this. a lottery, so it wouldn't necessarily be the worst team gets the first pick, similar to what NBA does. But, but I don't think that changes anything if you take an owner like I have. No. It changes nothing for him. He could care less where he's at in the lottery. Yeah, if they if they can still make money while spending the least amount of money, that's what they're going to do. And that's... Exactly. With this new CBA, they still haven't even gotten the payroll floor. So it's not really going to help things. And like you said, what the, the owners are doing with that minimum salary increase is they're appealing to majority of the players in the league because majority it's of the players money. in the league are making that minimum salary. So they're trying to pit the, the players against the players is essentially what they're doing with that ploy. And that's frustrating to me because Obviously, if you can get majority of the players to be like, well, this is yeah. going to benefit us. Why, why aren't we doing it? And 
granted the 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 players have been able to add in that pre-arbitration pool which is something that hasn't existed before which is why it's such a, a hard point for the owners to give up anything there but that's also going to benefit those minimum players that's a hundred and I think they've ended on 85 million is what they were willing to go to as the players coming down all the way from like 110. So they're giving something owners are just like, yeah, we'll give you like 25 million, but coming up from 20, I think was their initial offer. So they've moved five where the players have moved like 45 and they're still saying, no, these guys aren't doing anything to, to get it done. Did you see uh, Manfred's letter to the fans? I, I literally did not read it. I, I said, in when oh, I saw that he enough. put something out, I said I'd rather I'd rather spill scalding hot water on my private parts than read this letter. I made but, the mistake of reading it, and basically, oh my god, it's so passive aggressive. It comes out and saying, you know, the players are doing everything they can to make an agreement, and I appreciate you, and blah 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 blah, and then the whole rest of it was but, but. And, well, and the worst part is he's paid by the owners, so obviously yeah. he's going to be the figurehead that takes the, the brunt. Yeah, and there's nothing he can do to change that other than resign. But then it's, we're just going to get another talking head to replace him. But he can't even talk, and that's the frustrating thing for me. Is he was the lead negotiator for the past, I think, four CBAs that got done. So that's why they made him the commissioner. But for yeah. someone that talks for a living, he can't talk. And it's frustrating. He's out doing his press conference and he's like, well, if it was up or if it was under my power to just get something done, I could do it. But unfortunately, I can't do that. And then he's like smiling as he's announcing that games aren't going to be played for for the season. It's like, dude, have some freaking awareness. Like you are the biggest clown I have ever seen be a commissioner. And we've had some big clowns like Roger Goodell is no no uh all-star commissioner either yeah and i think he looks like a godsend compared to manfred yeah and the frustrating thing is like i think for the past commissioners they haven't had social media to go up against so that's true i'll give them that it was the players couldn't really voice their opinion other than through the media and that's only going out to your local markets or whatever but now the players can say hey like this is for excuse me, this is for the future of baseball. Like this is for future players. We're, we're not doing this for us. We're losing money by not playing. We're doing this for the next round of players that are coming through to make sure you're not getting stuck with the last two CBAs that we've had where owners are pocketing all this money and taking, you know, I think it's been rumored that they're closer to like 65% of the revenue split where in the NFL, it's a lot closer to 50, 50. So everyone that's saying the players are being greedy, no, they just want like, okay, let's say we replace the 30 owners with 30 other businessmen. Do you think the quality of baseball is going to go down? No, no, it's might even go up because maybe you might get some guys that actually want to see their team teams win like Steve Cohen. He replaced the Mets owner. He really wants to win. He wants to spend 400 million if they'd let him so he can have a, a team win in New York. That's the Mets. But if you replaced, if you replaced all the starting baseball players, are you going to have as good a product? No. And it's not even close. Like if you, if you ran out minor leaguers as replacement players, I wouldn't watch. And I love the sport of baseball. I love it. Product is just, but I watch to see 
I watch to see the best players in the world do the sport that I love. And you're not going to get that with minor league players. Or if you just bring in a bunch of cheap, and I hate to say this, but foreign players typically don't sign as big contracts, all that stuff. Because if you're coming from the Dominican Republic, uh, uh, anything sounds good. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a, a situation where most of those guys are coming from poverty. So if they can come in and make, you know, 500,000 a year, that sounds fantastic to them. And there's a lot of great players that come out of that place. But if you just fill it with a bunch of players that want to make the minimum just to play, I'm still not going to watch because it's not going to be. I'm to the point. I've I've already told you that I have, uh, I have tickets for, you know, a game in June and, as much as I want baseball back by then, I almost hope that if they're going to be like this, the, the players just stick to their guns. Yeah, I hope the do players what you do. Got to do. I and mean, it I've, sucks, but I've already committed where, and this is obviously just me, so I'm not going to make a huge impact. But I'm not going to any spring training games whenever they open. I'm not going to a game in in Oakland, which is where I would probably go, or or anywhere else. Like I'm not going to a game this season. The only reason I will get MLB Game Pass or not Game Pass, MLB.tv is because it comes with my phone. Like with my phone, T-Mobile, they give me the the oh. year of MLB.tv free. So because that's not costing me anything, sure, I'll I'll do it and I'll watch the games. But I'm not going to buy any merchandise from, oh. from the A's. I'm not going to buy it from the MLB shop. Like I am not giving these owners a penny of my money this season. If this is how they're going to act. And I hope more people do it. Yeah. And I hope we could start a movement where people start to do that. Like there's been several people that have said, let's sit out the first month of the season, whenever they come back, let's not go to these games because we want to make the owners aware that that would be crazy to have a whole string of games with empty stands. The, the only downside to that is you're going to hurt the owners can absorb that loss. The stadium no. workers, the no. team employees you're cannot, right. and they're going to get furloughed because people aren't showing up to games. So that's the unfortunate part is I'd love to see a way for us to, to really hit these owners in the pockets and make it known that as a consumer, we aren't there to see them. We aren't there to see their team. We're there to see the players play the game of baseball. But the unfortunate thing is, like I said, if they can absorb, I think it was 20 years of 2020 losses before they actually see, oh, we're actually starting to lose money. That's crazy. They're all independently wealthy to own a, a sports team. So they can absorb these losses. We cannot. Stadium workers cannot. Their team employees cannot. So anyway. Needless to is, say, they're far apart still. Yeah, it's far apart. Hopefully, like, I don't know. I don't even know what to hope for anymore. Like loss of season, but that's going to hurt the the players. That's going to hurt stadium workers, all that. So I don't, I don't know. I would love to see some baseball right now. And I would love to see the players get paid what they, they deserve or bringing the fans to the stadium. And that that's what I'm hopeful for. I'm hopeful for a positive CBA for the players Hopefully. and workers. And obviously the owners are going to get theirs, but Hopefully the players get a lot bigger chunk of that pie. So let's go to uh, best of the week, worst of the week. John, do you, do you have yours ready? Uh, I have best of the week. Hey, let's hear it. Lay it on we us. Went to the Lion King. That was really good. I told you about this the, the other week that we were going. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And Sean really liked it. 
That's so that awesome. was really good. We had a booth to ourselves, so like we got uh, the amenities and drinks and stuff up there by ourselves and got to hang out alone and watch the show, and it was really good. That's awesome. Heard it's quite the play, week. although it's not something that uh, I, I think I would catch myself at, but I have heard London is the place it originated, and it's it's something to go see, so. Yeah, it, it a hundred bucks says you would enjoy it because yeah, I think you would. Not, I think anyone would. Like just saying it's a musical isn't like oh, I'm just I'm too manly to go to that kind of crap. Too manly. It, I love musicals. I I enjoyed a musical or two. It's not typically my cup of tea, but like we watched that Hamilton when COVID broke out and Disney Plus released it. Oh, we yeah, watched Disney Plus, Hamilton. Yeah. So. That was pretty good. But it, it, it's a whole lot different being there, like actually visualizing the show. Well, and that like, set and everything's crazy. So, I mean, I'm sure it's yeah. such an experience. The way they have their characters lined up with the animal suits, it's just a brilliant, absolutely brilliant way of doing it. So, and it's just all around entertaining. And then the worst of the week is all the money you spent on it, right? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. You dang it. It was, we went to dinner at this ramen place, and she wanted to get like after meal cocktails. Oh boy. It, yeah, they're. Where they get you? I told her, no, I don't want anything. I don't want anything. 12 pound, like, getting. I don't even know what it's called, like an ice cream cocktail thing. And then she had this like rum drink, another 10 pounds. It's that's like $30. Yeah. For comparison, a for two drinks. 12 pounds to US dollars is roughly 16 US dollars. So that's that's a stiff price to pay for anything, for, especially at a ramen place. You kidding me? And it, it was like this. It was like a handful. It's like <laughs> done. Jesus. Okay. That's All right. Sounds like, a, sounds like a good business model to me. But so there's well, the found, there's the go. worst of the week for sure. <laughs> for the, everybody's worst of the week. <laughs> All right, Kyle. What do you have for yours? Um, I have a couple. I guess bests. Obviously, the the big one for me is Jordan Davis. That dude. That's got to be, I would say, the most impressive combine performance ever, even over Calvin Johnson, just because of his body type and what he did. Um, that's just unreal to me still. So congrats to him. Congrats to, I'm sure, his family and friends and everybody are just ecstatic because his draft stock was already, you know, top of the iceberg kind of thing. And yeah, he was just went higher. So he could he was rumored to be. One. Still there for the Raiders at 22. No, in, in all the mock drafts before the combine, <laughs> not ever. Now I think he's going to be <laughs> top 10 for if sure. He, if he drops out of the top five, the draft's broken and we should all just quit. Um, but yeah, Jordan Davis, good for him. Uh, my other one is my Penguins are absolutely killing it. Um, they're hanging out at the top of the Metropolitan Division. Um, if things keep going how they do and they've been consistent all season, we had. Uh, Sid and Gino all both were out for good chunks of the season and came in late and we never lost ground there. We have a lot of young guys playing really well. So, um, I couldn't be happier with how they're playing. So penguins, keep it up. Hopefully we get a good playoff run and get us another cup. But, uh, my worst 
<laughs> I got a twofer again. Uh, definitely anyone that is still focusing on Kenny Pickett's hands. Um, His tiny little hands. I just I feel yeah, bad I for these kids. Hands. Like there's so many other things that a player could get picked apart for. And like they just get dissected at these things. And I get it. It's part of it. You know, teams are investing in them. They want to know everything. I get it. Blah, blah, blah. Just but this place. is just stupid. <laughs> and I mean, they're talking about, is he going to slide out of the first round because of his tiny hands? And it's like, come on. Yeah. Give, he's it, got, give me a break. He's Love got too greasy of hair. Little hands. Yeah. Around I mean, and he, he can't hold it. That's what it is, too. I mean, the, the Drew Brees height um you know Peyton Manning's deep ball like there's been all these things that don't matter it reminds me of that don't matter and I can't think of the movie right now but I think it was maybe something about Mary and there was that guy with like the tiny little oh (laughs) I think it was a Ben Stiller movie I'm sure there's gonna be memes galore yeah that's what it reminded me Um, of when everyone was like oh my god he has the smallest hands ever seriously so so that's that's one of mine and then my other one is just Manfred's letter I was so annoyed and just angry after reading it see that's why I get passive aggressive just I mean it's like a just a kick in the nuts to the players that's all it was like I literally commented on the MLB account released it on Twitter and I literally said I would rather or scalding hot liquid on my privates than read this because that's how I felt about it (laughs) because I'm sure it was just oh us owners and and the MLB yeah we're doing everything that we can no you're not no you're not but so yeah that's my best and worst what do you got Bill yeah well I'll keep MLB out of it (laughs) since you already put that on there but it's that bad my yeah my best of the week is uh, my youngest, or sorry, my my middle child, Cam. He participated in his second and third wrestling tournament ever awesome. this weekend and took first in the first one and then second in the one in the second one. So good for he's, him. Yeah. I mean, he's been practicing really hard this, this year and been a lot more aggressive than he was last year. Last year he was very apprehensive. It so usually takes a year for sure. Especially so yeah, he, he's doing very well at that. And he's well, been good a job, lot proud more. dad moment. Yeah, pretty good. And then <laughs> my uh, worst of the week, I decided to sit down and watch a little hockey game for dad the time. first time dad in dad quite dad. a while. <laughs> and as, as everyone knows, I'm a, I'm a Oakland <laughs> Bay area fan. So sharks are my team. And I sat down to watch it and they were like down four to nothing, like before I blinked. So I turned it off and they ended up losing eight to nothing. So fantastic night. And then the other game I watched yesterday was the Warriors versus the Lakers and the, the Warriors gave up 56 points to LeBron. So it's a rough day of, of games for you. Rough sports day for me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, MLB lockout continues. So that's all the worst is just sports last night and MLB, my favorite league, is still not playing. So, with that, I think that's uh, enough whining. So, we'll call it a podcast. So, John, Kyle, love to have you both on again. It was great to see you both. Good having all of us for sure. Good having everybody around here this time. It's been a minute. Yes, it has. So, we'll we'll try to do this more as as things move along. Uh, I'm sure once draft and all that comes around we'll, we'll have more things to talk about and hopefully have you both on and hope you guys enjoyed this as always get your comments in feedback and we, we'd love to hear that right. you guys have anything to say to sign off 
just looking forward to hearing from people. Let's let's get it going. Peace and love. <laughs>